Welcome to the Matching Mom Jeans podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Shelby. <laughs> so we got to hear a lot about your trip, but something that I really wanted to touch on this week is kind of the difference between a vacation designed around rest. So, um, you know, laying on the beach or taking days off work to just like my husband just did a staycation for a couple of days where he took off work and we just did some things around the house and played outside and watched an entire season of a TV show. Um, but obviously you didn't do that while you were on vacation. You really probably did several exhausting, exhausting things. And so my question is, you know, how do you rate rest versus rejuvenation? And how do you feel like that fits into the world of parenting? I think that you have to be at a certain level of rested before the rejuvenation can really kick in. Because I was never that person when I was like sleep deprived in the newborn stage who people would be like, you don't need to take a nap. You need to take a shower and get outside. No, I was not that person. I needed a nap. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's assuming very your essential needs are met, rejuvenation is so good. It's so good for me to be in a different place, creating different memories, trying different things. My confidence is high. My joy level is high. You know, like it's different for me than if I would have just taken a long weekend or even a week off and and done like a staycation or even just laid on the beach or something. But my husband and I have never really done a chill Hang yeah, out I, do have, I do have to say your vacations are like, let's go on a million hikes. And my we vacations adventure are like, vacation. yeah, my vacations are like, can you bury me in sand? <laughs> and like, I can take a you, nap. If I could get this book in both physical format and audiobook so that when I flip over, I can read the physical copy. But then when I'm on my back and the sun's in my eyes, I could just listen to it. That would be great. That <laughs> that's you on vacation. That's 100% my life. And that's exactly what I want to do. But I do often wonder, and I feel like I've had a lot of conversations with people in my sphere as fellow like parents who are disabled is that rest deficit is so prominent throughout our lives that it is something where like sometimes you almost have to turn that part off and go ahead and do the rejuvenation to fill up your cup because you're never going to, I mean, like, let's be honest. The last time I got sick, I wanted to do what I did prior to being a parent. Um, and I wanted to sleep for 18 hours. Like I knew, like if I could just sleep for 18 hours, I'd be golden. But instead I had to focus on like, I'm going to make my favorite foods and I'm going to watch my favorite TV shows and snuggle my baby and try to focus on, you know, a life worth living and getting over this RSV <laughs> so, so I can get back to it. Um, and I do think there's a really hard balance. Like you said, your basic needs have to be met. And as parents, you know, there's so many sayings of like moms don't take sick days. 
And it's so true. I mean, you while you were gone, actually, my one of my sons gave the other son the flu. And then I got the flu because I'm a compromised. And I it was so it was a nice like 48 hour bug. Like he really did rock it out. And um, but you know, 24 hours in, I started. So then there was an entire day where it was beautiful 68 degrees outside and he wanted to go outside and play and I am I we had this old ottoman that we were planning on getting rid of anyways and I dragged that thing outside and sat on it because that was all I could do to survive and sittervising yes exactly sittervising and I just I brought out the chalk I brought out the bubbles and I just said enjoy your life stay where I can see you and um, it worked. And I would almost argue that that was a balance of rest and rejuvenation because being outside was wonderful and not feeling, you know, inappropriate mom guilt about, oh, I've kept my baby inside all day. I'm a horrible mom. Like, you know, there was this like balance there of like, I didn't necessarily need to feel mom guilt if we'd stayed inside. But having that moment of like, I did a good thing for my son today while also getting some rest can be a revival in and of itself. And so how do you feel like that balanced while you were on this big vacation? Because if I went to anywhere for two weeks, I'm going to come back and crash and be in a coma, (laughs) like just a nice light coma for a couple weeks and then I'll be okay again. But it doesn't, seem like you really needed that as exhausting as you know 24 hours of travel and 10 hour plane rides you seem to be balancing really well well thank you that is (laughs) just on the outside um no it's not really I mean there's so it's there's a lot of prep that goes into making sure that you will have some rest when you get back like I freeze meals before we leave on a trip so that when I come back we just have things made. I froze milk so that I didn't have to, because we're on whole milk now, lactose-free. And like I froze it so that we had milk that could be thawed for her to have milk for the first couple of days so I didn't have to run to the grocery store when we first got back. So there's a lot yeah. of prep that goes into that. You have to, there's a certain amount of type A you have to be um, to make it look the way I would make it look. Um But also there's, I don't know that it's super fair, even you and I talking all the time every day, like I'm not often the kind of person to just be like, I am freaking exhausted, you know, because there's a certain level of like, I expected to be tired and I am tired, you know? And so I just, to me, it's not always super noteworthy, but I do, I do think a lot of prep helps. I do think a lot of like, you know, laying on the ground while my toddler also lays on the ground because she was tired too. That's the other thing is like, she's tired, she's having a hard time, but we have an understanding where like, I knew that was going to be a hard day for her. I knew it was going to be a hard day for my husband. I knew it was going to be hard for myself. And so expectations were on the floor maybe below the floor we might have dug a little trench and put them in there for a while 
And that helps so much create like an environment for the rest that we needed. But I think it's really, really important to know that when you are able-bodied, I know this is not the case for you, but when you are able-bodied, there's a certain mindset when it comes to that kind of exhaustion where like, I know I will feel rested again. I know jet lag is temporary. That's a good perspective to have. I had a friend in college who always said that um, if you lower your expectations, you raise your opportunity for surprise and lower your threshold for disappointment. And when she first had that conversation with me, I was like, wow, that's kind of sad that you're just like walking around. Like she would always say, like, my expectations are so low because I don't want to deal with disappointment and I want to experience everything as a surprise. And at like, I honestly judged her for that. I was like, that sucks. Like you could raise your expectations, but it really is um, a lifestyle that sometimes I have to embrace. And I mean, I just had a conversation with my husband um, about kind of balancing the really rejuvenating, reviving concept of getting back into the field of work and also making sure that I'm balancing that with rest because I do have this very specific full-time job of keeping three children, well, two and a half if you count that one's at college, alive and keeping them fed and, you know, balancing his full-time job with the military and he's building an airplane and he's going to school for his master's. And so there are kind of these extra time fluxations that happen throughout the week. And I feel like you do have to balance that with rest. And um, at the same time, you know, I could sit for hours and do some of my reading and my research and feel like I have totally poured into my cup. But if you don't have that rest, if you don't have those basic needs like you were talking about, that can feel really, um, what is it when you, you have to patch the holes in your pitcher before you can pour into someone else or something? Right. What is like, it's you can't like, pour from an empty cup, but you also can't pour from one with a hole in the bottom. I mean, you yes. can, but you're going to have to pour into it at a great rate if you are both pouring out of it and it's leaking. Yes. And that's kind of what parenthood feels like. It feels like for all of the things that are on you, you do have this kind of like small crack in your jug that you cannot, that you're pouring from. And it's just like a little bit extra energy leak that you have going on. Um, well, kind of I, going back to the the conversation about expectations, lowering your expectations also for the cup metaphor lowers the level that you think you need to be full in, it, in order to have the ability to pour out. Oh, yeah. If and you maybe- adjust your expectations for a week like this, a week where I am jet lagged and my toddler is jet lagged and my husband hasn't worked in two weeks and now has so many deadlines and he's being sent across the country in a few days for a work trip that they rescheduled. And so it's like, we have so much going on. And I realize that we cannot live in a constant state of crisis, but there are some people who do, but we can adjust. We have it within our, uh, our capacity right now to adjust our own expectations, to adjust what a good day looks like for us 
over the next few days while we are adjusting from this trip. Just like we had it within our capacity to adjust what a good day looked like on our trip. Taking a two-week trip with a toddler internationally, you are going to have to budget for disappointment. You're going to have to budget for rest that was unexpected or things that were closed or tantrums that caused you to miss a bus. You know what I mean? Like they are going to happen. Like you said, I mean, I think you said this last week is that they, you know, the restaurants close right around bedtime. Oh, yeah. They're not open. They're not even open. You know, accepting the reality of like, okay, we can still have really good dinner, but we're going to eat takeout after we get the child down for bed. Like, you could look at that as, oh, this sucks so bad that we didn't get to go to this nice restaurant. Or you could look at it as, hey, we get a little bit of a quiet date night with really good food. Um, And I think framing has such a big impact. If you had to, I'm going to challenge you for a minute. If you had to name three things that are rest and three things that are rejuvenating for you, what do you think they would be? Oh my gosh. Why would you do this to me? I couldn't answer this question if you gave me like three business weeks to work on it. Okay. Rejuvenating. That's easier to do. Okay. Do that. Like I find quality time like with my husband and my daughter or or one or, or the other, quality time to be rejuvenating. Okay. I find um, walking outdoors to be rejuvenating. Okay. And I find cooking a meal uninterrupted to be rejuvenating. That's so real. <laughs> it's so specific, one- but it is so real. Like there oh, is something man. just glorious about from the moment you take the first ingredient out to the time that you set the table and you say dinner's ready or bon appetito, um, as they say in Italy, like <laughs> that and no nothing interrupts you. No one interrupts you. The dog doesn't need let in from the backyard. Nothing happens. No one calls you. Yeah. Your audiobook does not even pause the whole time. It's just like that is so rejuvenating to me. And I feel like this is a very specific list, but it is. But like rest, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of when you're like sitting in the car waiting on your grocery pickup order. That's No, rest. that's actually, that's right there on my list. Like for There's me, nowhere else to be. Yeah. For me, um, I would identify, I think my rest list is a little bit easier because when I think of rest, I think of no longer being overstimulated. So you have like basic body rest, which is I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to, um, you know, lay down or whatever. And I often like I lay down with my son to get him down for a nap often because I'm still breastfeeding. And so to me, that's a great moment of rest. Um, But it's also it can be kind of annoying because it's like, oh, I really wanted to get something done or, you know, thinking of the next things. And so intentional rest in those moments matters but then there's also I would consider rest you know being in the car even if I'm driving my body's physically doing something but there's this kind of beautiful moment where there is nothing else I'm supposed to do there is nothing else that I can be doing 
And I know that my children are safe, so I'm not, you know, rushing through this thing. And then I would say maybe the other one is, for me, um, just, what was I going to say? Um, I do find it really restful to sit with my husband and all the kids are asleep. And there's just this moment where I've, I'm at the end of the day. Like, I am so physically exhausted that I literally give myself permission to rest. Um, but rejuvenating is a little harder because, like you said, it's hard to do that when your physical, like your basic needs need to be met. So for me, talking to another adult can be really rejuvenating, but it can also be exhausting. You know, listening to an audiobook or a podcast or music can be really rejuvenating, but it could also be really overstimulating. And I think that's, um, you know, the same with having a good meal. Like I love sitting down and eating a good meal that I've worked hard on, but sometimes the idea of having to create a meal plan and, um, you know, get the ingredients and put it all together and plan out how long, like I just, it just occurred to me that I was supposed to start slow cooking a roast today and I have not done it yet. So dinner may be a few minutes late. Um, but you know, I think those things can be rejuvenating and you can take pride in those moments, but it is kind of a conversation that rolls into, um, how overstimulating parenting can be and how over, um, overstretched, I guess, stretched really far we can be. And some of those things that you would consider to be rejuvenating can also be really overstimulating. So I think that's, did you have any moments? Cause I have had those moments where I've been on vacation with the littles and I have felt like something that I normally love, like the ocean sounds. I'm like, okay, I've got to get away from this water because it's overstimulating to me. It's it's too much. Did you have any of those while you were traveling? Oh, we had several nights of overtiredness, overstimulating kind of moments, um, especially like the first night in our Airbnb in Rome. Um, my daughter was very, very... Um, I think she was just kind of weary. She'd never been in that place. It had been a strange day. She had been on an airplane, like, you know, those kinds of things. And so she was very, yeah. very upset. She was probably even wondering when the next location change was going to be. <laughs> well, she like, could have been, here? yeah. Are we here for She could have been like, am I going to wake up here? You know, am I going yeah. to fall asleep here and wake up here? And um, a lot of times when I'm rocking her, I will like listen to music or listen to an audiobook. And I had an audiobook that I was trying to finish before the library took it back. Um, yeah, which that is, rush is always hard. <laughs> it's the it's the race I'm always running over here. Um, but like, I I just I I didn't want anybody to talk to me. I couldn't listen to anything. I couldn't nothing. I didn't want anything helpful. You know, and so those those kinds of moments always happen. But for me, it's just the taking the deep breath, the focus it like focusing on one priority at a time so for me in those moments like I have to get her calm and it and to a place where she can rest even if it's not you know sleeping yet or whatever yeah and then I have to kind of like you know wiggle my toes and unlock my jaw and bring my my shoulders down from my ears and kind of like back myself off of it before 
I can really get to a, a point where I'm like, all right, what That's are we going exactly to do next? Exactly what I was about to ask you is like, in order to get to the point where you can be restful or you can go through a rejuvenation of kind of your energies, is there any rituals that you do? Because I started when I was um, pregnant doing this weird mantra and I I didn't get it from anywhere. I just one day was like, oh, I feel like there's so much negativity because there was a lot of fear in my pregnancy. And I was literally like, I'm going to breathe out all of the negativity and anxiety. And then if I and then I'm going to breathe in like positivity and peace. And I still do that. I will still have those thoughts when my son is having a tantrum or I'm feeling a lot of stress. And it's become a strange ritual that I kind of fall back on, but I don't really even have to think about. And I mean, it sounds like you kind of have that like lock your unlock your jaw and relax your shoulders and kind of get back into your body. Do you feel yeah. like for me being overstimulated, it I do feel it. I am not I'm not in my head. I'm a verbal processor and if I can't verbally process because you know, there's a baby right there or whatever. A lot of times the anxiety builds in my body. Um, and so that has been one thing with having a child is if I'm in a place that I cannot express myself, it, express, it, it, it expresses in my body. And so I get very tense muscles or um, I my my toes are literally curled in my shoes. And so checking in with my body is a, is a – is the most important thing I have to do to get over overstimulation. But to rest regularly, to have a rhythm of rest in my life, I try to build it into my routines, but I also try to identify what, what prohibits me from resting. And so for example, like I I clean up toys once a day. Okay. We do not clean up the toys individually. We clean up toys after bedtime. That is when toys get cleaned up. She is now at an age, she's 15 months old. She's now at an age where she will help after dinner before bedtime. But we're talking like, could you help with the blocks? Like that's it. You know, I'll take care of the rest. Or can you put your books on the shelf? Like that's it. And so I clean up toys once a day. That means that during nap times or during periods of time when I'm like, it's a Saturday, my husband's home, he's going to he's going to chill with her for a minute while I get some stuff ready or whatever. I cannot be in the room with the toys. I can't be in the living room if the toys are out. I can't, I can't do the thing. I can't be in the room that I plan on being in for the rest of the time. Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite thing that I've started doing is? It's, it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) So we have, all of our toys so we have like a big tote because we've got two children and so we have a kind of like good sized tote and it's on top of a rug that I got the boys that has like you know the like kind of like a library rug where it has the roads on it and it has airports on it and everything I love a road rug yeah so I we've started with the boys of like even if you can't put it in the tub like let's say because our middle one has some particularities about how he leaves his cars. They have to be in a perfect line. Um, and that really upsets him at the end of the day. He's like, I can't break up my line to put them in the tote. And so we've started this new thing of like, get them on the rug. Just put them on the rug. 
And so if you are playing with something that you don't want messed up, you can still have it on the rug. It doesn't have to go in the tote. Um, Except that some days that looks like me taking our Swiffer (laughs) and just bulldozing it. Like you see the people on basketball courts like sweeping the dust with the big wide brooms. I just scoop it to where it gets on the rug sometimes so that we can sweep or we can vacuum or we can walk through the living room without stepping on a block or a car. And there are days where that counts for me. It is there. Um, My husband has programmed the Roomba, which I dearly wish we used our Roomba, Um, but there's a lot of cords and a lot of toys and we haven't used it yet, but he programmed it to go around the rug. So when we do use it, it's completely safe. Like just get things on that rug and you're fine. Um, And I feel like you're right. Like there are some little tips and tricks that work for your specific household that you can do. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we, you and I have personally talked about fair play and how you divvy up household chores and things like that. And I think there's this really beautiful part of having a co-parent where you can have the conversation of what will help you rest. And like at our house, My husband hates loading the dishwasher, but he doesn't care about unloading it. So right then and there, we have a perfect divide where I will load the dishwasher and when it's clean, he unloads it. And that cuts the dishes in half. It is a perfect half of the workload. Um, And I think that's a really, it's an important conversation to have. Um, I may even link the Fair Play website in the show notes because I think that it's an important journey for everyone to take. And one day I'd love to do like a full episode on it because I do think it's this incredible strategic conversation and tool that people have. But I know that you specifically have done this huge work into Fair Play and how you divvy things up and you have this beautiful wall on the side of your Yeah, we don't, we don't have an invisible load in our house. The wall holds it. Yeah. And so, so like, it's not, it's that... not my mental load. It's not his mental load. It's the walls load. <laughs> I like that. It's a, it's literally a load you... bearing wall. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> but all that ties into like expectations because you can rest when your expectations are met. You can rest when you are, you can't, you can, when your expectations are met, you can rest more easily. When you rest more easily, you have moments of rejuvenation more easily. And so like, no, you may not. And they're, they're just all intertwined. Like, no, you may not be fully rested. I may not get a full night's sleep two nights in a row until my child is like 10. At this yeah. point, I have given up. I've given up, but I can function on at least five hours. Yeah. If I get five hours, and that's that's the thing is my expectation is no longer eight hours. My expectation is not in bed by a certain amount of time, waking up by a certain amount of time. My expectation is if I can get five hours, whether it's on the floor of the nursery or in a rocking chair, or it's three hours and then it's two hours. Yeah. Like I have that expectation so that I can meet that expectation so that I can be rested. And that expectation has been communicated to my husband. And he knows, he knows that if I look at him at 6 a.m. and I say, 
I've been up 14 times. I think I probably got three hours of sleep. He knows there's yeah. a deficit and the whole family's feeling that deficit. I wish there was a, I wish that was a conversation that we had more as people were beginning their journey into parenthood. Um, because I do think that there's such a weird conversation around everything from sleep training to postpartum taking care of yourself and and all of these things where if we really I mean there's a whole conversation in the breastfeeding world um, around like this is going to be really freaking hard for the first three months if you can make it three months then you're doing great but until then you're struggling and that made a massive difference um, in my experience and I think because you had expectations. Yes. And I think if we had a conversation with uh, new parents, whether or not they're going through the adoption process or whether or not they're fostering or they're pregnant at that time or want to become parents, if we had the conversation of like realistic expectations, and of course, that's it's a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation to quote unquote burst someone's bubble. It's a hard conversation to be realistic about what well, individuals' lives look like. It's not even um, that. It's an ongoing conversation because yeah. I could not have defined my needs while I was pregnant accurately. I could not have defined my needs postpartum in the early weeks. I could not have accurately defined these needs six months ago. It's an ongoing conversation. The conversation that needs to be had, though, is when you realize your new needs, when everything you know has been torn down and you are rebuilding as this mother with these priorities, as this parent, whatever's going on, you're rebuilding. Once you know a need, once you know how to define an expectation, communicate it, respect it. Don't try to compare it to what that need used to be. Don't talk about, don't make the conversation how little sleep you get compared to, you know, 25-year-old you, double income, no kids. Make the conversation how much sleep you're getting versus how much sleep you need. And it's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to frame that because it is a really hard conversation to... Um, my chair squeaked. <laughs> um, but it is a hard conversation to have. And I think um, one thing I'm grateful for being in like the world of chronic illness and disabilities is you do have this ongoing conversation every single day of what am I able to do today? And I think that has really changed my experience with parenting. But even then, it's a constant struggle to really be realistic with yourself. To really have the understanding of like, you know, I woke up today and I wanted to do these, you know, it's taken me four days. I just moved our couches and vacuumed and mopped behind them just because it's a thing I try to do every six months or so. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've been trying to do it for since Friday. I mean, today is Tuesday and I, I had to lower the expectations for multiple reasons. One of them was energy. One of them was because my son was having a hard weekend. Um, one of them was because I needed my husband's help moving the couches. And so I had to be ready to do it at the same time he had to. There had to be this magical overlap in what we were able to do. And um, 
you know, I think that's a, it's a moment of honesty and reflection with yourself before, you know, I think it'd be easy to put it on other people of like, you need to communicate, your co-parent needs to understand your expectations, blah, blah, blah. But I do think it's a reflection in the mirror of can you be honest with yourself about what your boundaries are and what your limitations are? Um, And that is something that is particularly hard, I think, for people who have been successful throughout their lives and people who are kind of the people who can run the race Um, and, you know, pull an all nighter in college. I always say anybody who pulled an an all nighter in college it's probably going to have a hard time transitioning to the sleep deprivation of the newborn stage because you remember that really nice, like, Ooh, I did this. I stayed up and I went and passed my test and it felt triumphant. Um, but I've worked with so many parents who say that. And then they're like, I was not ready for four days in a row of sleep deprivation of only with no triumph. Two hours of sleep with no sense of triumph with actually a sense of failure because, hey, you didn't get your baby to sleep. Hey, you didn't get yourself to sleep. And so there is this moment of honesty of like, like you said, you're not going to get the same amount of sleep as 25-year-old you. You're not going to get to make this big, beautiful meal for your partner's birthday or your anniversary or something. Sometimes it's going to be, hey, um, I have 400 things to do that day. So we're going to celebrate our anniversary on Tuesday. Uh, my husband has not been home for the last two birthdays for me and for my son. And he was gone on Valentine's Day and he was gone on our wedding anniversary. And so um, those are moments where an actual conversation has to be had. And I did not care at all about him being gone on Valentine's Day or our anniversary However, I do care about him being gone on my birthday. So we're going to celebrate in a different way. Um, I do care about him being present for my son's birthday party and being present for what that looks like. And so I do think there's this really um, important moment of evaluating what is important to you and what is going to matter. Like, I don't care if the dishwasher needs to be loaded sometimes. It's okay. The, The plates can sit in the sink just a few minutes longer. But... Um, you know, food stuck to the kitchen floor is going to drive me bonkers. But the thing is, is like some people might be bothered by the dishwasher. So when you're talking about the realm of rest, you're talking about the realm of rejuvenation and how expectations like work into that. You have to look at it from a perspective of those have to be defined and moving the goalpost is not a failure. Changing expectations from what you had six months ago or what you had two weeks ago or what you had three three months ago, that is that is the definition of when you know better, you do better. Yes. I think that's such an important phrase because our you're constantly learning and growing as a human. I, I would hope so, at least. Um, you're getting feedback from your entire environment, whether or not it's your partner, whether or not it's yourself. And that's a, I mean, that's a big deal. And so if there was one thing that I would communicate is that I would want people to understand the difference between rest and rejuvenation. And I would want them to be able to be honest with themselves. Um, and I hear, 
an infant. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap it up there and I'm going to prioritize my own sense of rest and get my baby to nap on time so that he's not ridiculous for the rest of the day. But I just wanted to say, I think you're a wonderful mom. I think um, keeping your expectations together is important in order to feel like a good mom. Um, so I'm, I'm just glad to have this conversation. Yeah. You're a great mom. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>